You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. We are three weeks into a new year. How many of you made a New Year's resolution just a couple weeks ago? How many of you have gloriously failed at that New Year's resolution a couple weeks ago? (laughs) It's an exciting time in our house because we're in a new city, we're in a new state, we're in a new climate. We're getting used to the snow, so if you love the snow, you're welcome. We brought that to you. And I am sorry about the Steelers because they were winning before we got here and then they... My bad, my bad. One of our New Year's resolutions as a family is that we want to get outdoors as much as possible in 2021. In fact, our goal is to spend 1,000 hours outside this year. We have a little chart that we track anytime we're outside, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is that we're doing, we come back in and we fill in the chart and it'll be all colorful by the end of the year. That's the goal. But one of the things that we like to do as a family is we like to get outside and we like to go on hikes. We like to go explore nature. In fact, there have been a couple of hikes that we've been on that we didn't have cell phone signal and we weren't like paying attention to the posts and we got like hopelessly lost with sun going down, alligators. I naturally go to like the worst case scenario when we're on a hike. But every time we go on a hike, there's something that always happens because we have three boys. So hiking with boys is just like an adventure. They want to climb stuff. They want to they like pick up sticks and they want to like hit each other with the sticks. They're boys. That's what they do. But I tell you, the pinnacle of that hike, the pinnacle of that moment, the greatest thing that could possibly happen is if we find a body of water, if we find a lake If we find a river, if we find a pond, if we find any kind of stream, they are just thrilled. Because if you have boys, you know that immediately what they want to do is they want to pick up some rocks and they want to skip rocks, right? They want to pick up rocks and they want to see if they can make it bounce and glide across the water. So my job as dad, dad of the year, is like, let me teach you guys how to throw a rock. Because maybe that'll be like throwing a baseball. You'll be in the big leagues. you buy me a big house. I don't know. You never know. You never know. But what they always do is they always want to pick up the biggest rock. They always want to pick up the biggest rock, and they want to see how far they can take that big rock and chuck it out into the water. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You got some boys? Okay, let's, let's be honest. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. You still do it. You still do it. Whenever you're out on a hike like this, you're picking up the biggest rock you possibly can. And in your brain, it's like this big, gigantic boulder, and you feel like the Incredible Hulk, right? And you're like, ah, and you lift this thing over your head. And all you want to do is just take that rock, and you just want to chuck it out there. It feels awesome. Can I get a witness? It feels awesome. And that's what they do. These boys grab the biggest rock they possibly can and they chuck it as far as they possibly can out into the water. And it makes this big, glorious splash. And it is awesome. And that rock just sinks right to the bottom. But here's the truth of the matter. The deeper the rock sinks, the wider the ripple goes. The deeper that rock sinks, the wider that ripple goes. And I believe the Apostle Paul, out of Philippians chapter 3, which is where we're going to be this morning. If you have your copy of the scriptures, paper or digital, you can go there. Philippians chapter 3. I believe that what the Apostle Paul is going to communicate to us over the next few minutes, it's just not a matter of either or. 
It's not a matter of do we go deep or do we go wide, because certainly we've seen churches and movements throughout history that chose one extreme or the other, where they either went deep at the expense of reach or they went for the reach at the expense of the depth and everything imploded on top of it. But as Paul is going to communicate to us, it's not a matter of either or, and it it really is critically important to us as a church, as people of faith, as followers of Jesus, that we don't choose one at the expense of the other, that we choose depth with Christ. And out of that depth, the deeper that rock sinks in our life, that rock of Jesus, the wider the ripple effect in the world around us. And in Philippians chapter 3, here's what the Apostle Paul says. But first, let me just give you the big idea. Okay, if you're like, if you walk away with nothing else other than me throwing an inflatable moon, then please remember this. That as I grow, we grow. As I grow, we grow. The direct beneficiary of your growth, of you getting better, of you getting stronger, of you getting healthier, of you getting into a place of financial management, whatever that growth looks like in your life, I'll allow the Holy Spirit to take care of that for you this morning to highlight what that might be. As you grow, the direct beneficiary of your growth is the people around you. As I grow, we grow. So here's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. He's saying pattern, learn, and follow. Pattern, learn, follow. Pattern, learn, follow. Verse 18. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, we're going to circle back around to that in just a moment, but think about this. That's almost an alarming thought to think, that there are people who consider themselves followers of Jesus, but by the conduct of their life, by the measurement of depth or width, they're actually an enemy of the cross. It's a little bit scary. But let's not focus on the negative. Let's focus on the positive, right? Like, let's accentuate the positive, What does that look like in our lives if we grow, if we make the choice to grow, that those around us are going to benefit? As I grow, we will grow. How do we allow that rock of Jesus to sink deep into our life? And the best way to to grow by any means, by any stretch of the means in this life, is to get as close as you possibly can to Jesus. In fact, a great thing to do every single day in your time with God is to ask this question, where is Jesus and where am I? And if that gap is too big, close the gap. If that that space is too large, make the the space smaller. Where is Jesus and where am I? The best way to grow. I just believe this with all of my heart. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you've seen this at work in your life. That the best life you can possibly live is a life lived in close proximity to Jesus. If you want the best possible life you can get, I'm not talking about like having a cool boat and like a yacht and like all this other cool, you know, season tickets to something or whatever. No, I'm talking about the best life, the most fulfillment and joy and peace you will ever experience in this life is a life where you're living in close proximity to Jesus. And so I believe this is what the Apostle Paul would say, just as we're starting out, if you're taking notes today on your phone or on a piece of paper or, you know, you're writing on your neighbor's shirt, wherever you take notes, then write this down. Paul says, if you want to grow closer to Jesus, pick your pattern. Pick your pattern. And you say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor P? Okay, I'm going I'm to be a little bit like 30,000 foot, and then I'm going to zoom it down in just a moment, okay? 
you got to pick your pattern. See, a pattern is made up of infinite consistency, of infinite consistency. How many of you right now, just in your brain, can remember back to your grandmother's house and like the pattern on the, on the, on the curtains and on the couch? And you're like, yikes, right? But give it time, it'll come back around eventually. The things that are old will become new again, and it's going to be cool and hip and retro, right? But you can remember this amazing pattern. You're like, wow, did, did somebody upholster the couch in golf pants? Like, what is this? But great patterns, whether they're simple or complex, they're all, really all that it's made up of is infinite consistency. It's an infinite consistency that expands beyond just the couch or the curtains, a life of in infinite consistency. See, Paul says, pattern your life after mine here in verse 17. And Paul shows us that this really is a choice. This really is a choice. You have to come into a place of awareness in your life where you say, the way that I'm living now is either in right standing with God or not in right standing with God. Is living in consistency in my walk with Jesus or is living out of consistency in my walk of Jesus? And listen, whatever shapes your day, whatever pattern you choose to overlay onto your day is gonna create the infinite consistency in your life. That will be the ripple effect. So have you picked the pattern of your life? See, life will change when we make the choice that where I am now is not where I'm destined to stay, but God will always have something for me to grow into. There is always growth ahead of us. There is never like a place of stopping. And we've all met those Christians who have been in church just five minutes too long, and they've gotten into this place where they say, like, I've done all I can, I've served all I can, I've given all I can, and I'm like, done. There is always something more with our God. There is always one more step you can take closer to Jesus, closer into the calling that he's put in your life, closer to the place of influence that he wants you to be in, where you're sinking deep in him and your influence is rippling out to the people around you that as you grow, the people around you are going to benefit from your growth. There is always something more. But here's the truth of the matter, okay? If you're taking notes, you gotta write this down. We cannot grow accidentally. We cannot grow accidentally. We can only grow intentionally. We cannot grow accidentally. We can only grow intentionally. What do I mean by that? We all have that one uncle or that one cousin or that one friend that is just like up to their eyebrows in debt or up to their eyebrows and just like muck, and you're like, what is going on in your life? And they're just waiting for that moment of something else externally to happen in their life. Oh, I've got this, uh, uh, this mutual fund that's gonna cash in, and then I'll really be living on easy street, or I got this one uh, you know, grandfather I never knew who's gonna leave me this crazy inheritance. That may happen, and praise God if it does, don't forget to tithe, but if it doesn't happen, You cannot grow accidentally. Nothing in nature happens accidentally. Nothing just goes from A to B without an originating purpose, without some sort of process or pattern in place to assist that growth. An acorn doesn't become a tree all on its own. It happens because of processes put in place within nature to make that thing grow. That's the way God designed it to work. You cannot grow accidentally. You can't grow by osmosis because somebody in your house serves Jesus and you're going to kind of glean off of that. It's not going to happen. You have to grow intentionally. You have to pick the pattern of your day and shape your day around that pattern of following Jesus. Now, you may have heard this said before. 
because it's kind of implied here in the text and it's said other where uh, and other places throughout the scripture is imitate me as I imitate Christ. We're probably familiar with that, but here's what I want to argue with you this morning a little bit on, that that might be a little bit of a poor translation of what Paul is actually implying to us from the original language here, is that Paul isn't saying, look, what you need to do is be like me as I'm becoming like Christ. The implication Paul is getting here is not imitate me. He's saying, do the things that I do. Become a co-follower of Jesus with me. It's not like I'm the stopgap between you and God. There's nobody between us and God except Jesus who opens our access to God, the Father himself. So it's not like Paul is saying, be like me as I be like Christ. He's saying, join me as a co-imitator, a co-living out person of Jesus. And I'm going to talk about that for just a moment. He's saying, join alongside of me as a follower of Jesus. Paul is saying, look, it's not what I do, it's who I follow. It's not about what I do, it's about who I follow. It's not like you can come alongside and drum the same beat that I'm drumming. It's you come alongside and we play the same music together to the king. Okay, I hope you're kind of understanding what I'm saying. And let me just kind of put it to you this way, okay? They say that imitation is the highest form of flattery. How many of you ever heard that term before? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. And we love it. We love when actors or actresses will grab onto a character from history and really live that out and bring that on the screen. It's almost like you're seeing that that person themselves. But it's a fake. It's not actually them. It's a representation of them. That wasn't actually a rock that I threw out. It was a fake Ball. See, imitation is just a classy word for fake. We don't like imitation anything. How many of you would prefer imitation bacon bits over just real straight up bacon? Like nobody, right? Okay, maybe somebody, but you're weird and we'll pray for you and God will deliver you and we'll cook you bacon and it'll be great. But I'm just like we never, imitation is just another way of saying plagiarize. It's another way of saying fake. We don't like fake anything. There's like fake crab meat in our crab rangoon. Like there's imitation everything. We don't like imitation. We would much rather have the real band than the cover band. I mean, the, the cover band does a pretty decent job of wearing the clothes and playing the songs. It's not the same as the real thing. I would rather have the real thing. So here's what I want to just communicate in this part here is it's not about imitation It's about incarnation. It's not about imitation. It's about incarnation. And there's a major difference between imitation and incarnation. See, incarnation is this life that is living out the way of Jesus. Incarnation is, it is no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. It is no longer about me and what I do. It is about Jesus living through me. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have a deposit of the Holy Spirit living in your life so that God can work his will and his way through you to the world around you who desperately needs to know him. So see, it's not about imitating somebody else. It's not about imitating uh, religious practices. It's not about imitating good things to do because it makes us feel better. It's about being an incarnator of Jesus where Jesus is living through us to the world around us so that all people may know him. It's not about imitation. It's about incarnation. It's a huge difference. So what I'm calling us to today is if we want to grow, the best way to do that is not to imitate, it's to incarnate. It's not about being like somebody else. It's about being 
a living human being who Jesus is working through. That sounded a little like hippie and weird, okay? But just go with me on this. That God has created you unique. Each and every person under the sound of my voice watching at home, God has made you so incredibly unique. You are not designed to be like anybody else. You're designed to live Jesus out through you. It's really a glorious thing. So we hate imitations. We're not to be Paul imitators. We're to be Christ incarnators. We are incarnators. Now, you might go to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there for just a moment. Ephesians chapter 5, this is also another letter from Paul written about the same time as Philippians. And he says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. He says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. You're like, hey, wait a second, Pastor Pete. Ah, gotcha. He said right there, imitate. Okay, the Greek form that Paul is talking about here is this close following. This close following of Jesus. Imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. That is your identity. That is who you are. You are part of the family of God. In fact, that's a major theme of the book of Ephesians is this theme of identity, that you are not who you were. You are now found in a new reality of Jesus. You are adopted into the family of God with all the rights, benefits, and privileges that come with it. You are now part of a new reality. The old is gone. The new has come. And he says this in verse 2. This is the incarnation part. In verse 2, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So how are we to live? How are we to pattern our lives? If we want to grow closer to Jesus, if we want depth that will create width, how do we do that? We grow closer to Jesus by following the pattern of Jesus, by offering ourselves to God in the way that Jesus would in full and complete surrender that, God, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I see. It's about what you want. It's about what you see. It's about what you want to do. And that's where fulfillment comes. That's where identity comes. That's where depth comes from, is when we meet with God and we say, not my will, but yours be done. That's where depth comes from. But how do we do that? How do we do that? Paul says this in, back in our, in our main text here in Philippians chapter 3. He says, grow closer to Jesus by learning. Grow closer to Jesus by learning. There is always something to learn. In fact, I, try, I have this like ritual in my life where I try to do something new or learn something new every week. I just never, I don't want to get to a place where I'm stuck feeling like I've arrived or feeling like I have all the answers. I tell you, it's so liberating to look at people when they ask me a question and say, Pastor P, you know, what about this? And I say, eh. Do you know how liberating that is? Oh, thousands of dollars on a Bible college education. I don't know. There's something liberating about it, but I constantly want to learn. I constantly want to step into the next step that God has for me in my life. I know that I can't grow accidentally. I can only grow intentionally, so I can, I can learn, I can study, I can try new things. But Paul says, grow closer to Jesus by learning. So here's some wisdom for you if you're taking notes this morning. Learn from somebody who's one step ahead of you in their journey with Jesus. Like, they're not perfect, they don't have it all figured out. In fact, Paul says here in Philippians, he's like, look, it's not like I've attained it. It's not like I've reached some level of perfection. It's not like because I'm Apostle Paul or I'm Pastor Pete or whatever that we've reached some sort of level where we're glowing and we never sin or anything like that. It's saying, look, it's not that I've attained it, but here's the thing I know. I'm putting behind the things that are old. I'm pressing forward to the things that are new. I'm learning something new. I'm stepping into a new way of living, of incarnating Jesus in my life. I want to go for depth because when I do, you benefit you benefit. 
Learn from somebody who's one step ahead of you in their journey with Jesus. When I was becoming a father for the first time, like, I mean, goodness, you remember those emotions and those feelings and those thoughts. And I'm, I'm thankful to God that we're not at Quattro, you know, like, it's like, thank you, three boys. Thank you, Jesus. That's the end. We've, we've done our part to fulfill the scriptures, right? Populate the earth, right? That we're done at three. Sorry, guys. I love you. But when I became a dad, I started hanging out with these dads who were kind of one step ahead of me, right? They had kids who were maybe one, two years old. I just wanted to learn, like, man, how did you do this? How did you just ask a lot of questions and constantly learning? There's a lot of wisdom to be gleaned by gathering around people who love you and love Jesus. There's so much. In fact, I'm just going to say it again, that one of the best decisions you can make in your development, in your growth, in your life with Jesus is to join a group. It's to join a group. I mean, go to groups.calvaryirwin.com. Don't put it off. Join a group. Be a part of a group. Why? Because collectively together, your gift that God has given you will be a blessing to me. And the gifts that God has put in me, he didn't put in you. And I can bless you with my gift. And one that we can bless and help each other. And iron sharpens iron. And you know all of that, right? But why do we resist that? We pull away from that. And like, oh, what if they make me sick? And like... Ah, just put the questions aside for just a moment, okay? Understanding can come in time, but obedience has to happen now. And so I'm just saying, like, look, uh, you do what you want. It's your choice, but the best way for you to grow is to be part of a group. In fact, go to Proverbs chapter 13. I just want to share this with you for just a moment. This is a promise from the scripture about being part of a group, right? Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise in this journey of life. If you walk with people who are one step ahead of you in their journey with Jesus or people who are still trying to figure it out with you, you can help each other. But if you walk with the wise, the benefit of that is you gain wisdom. And who doesn't need just a little bit more wisdom? Walk with the wise and become wise. So the direct benefit of walking with wise people is wisdom for yourself. Now you would think that the opposite would be true for the companion of fools. The companion of fools becomes a fool. But that's not what the text says here. Solomon, in all of his wisdom given to him by God, says this, that the companion of fools suffers harm. Suffers harm. Perhaps the reason we're not experiencing the depth and growth that we would like to see in our life is we're spending too much time in the companion of fools rather than walking with the wise. Especially a time right now where we're needing connection. We're needing one another more so than perhaps ever before because of this incredible social and political climate that we find ourselves in. We need each other more. But we keep making these wrong relationship decisions. Listen, ladies, I'm just going to straight up speak to you for just a moment. If you're dating a guy who is not worshiping Jesus with you today, I'll give you the answer. He's like not the one. Okay, if you're watching online, ladies, you're watching online, but you're watching all by yourself. Look, I'm just here to tell you right now, he is not the one if you're watching online by yourself. You're dating this guy, you have a way out. Listen, get out. Text him right now, break up. I'll give you a minute. All right, that should have been plenty of time to text. Don't you feel a sense of liberty though, right? Like, put those foolish things behind you. The companion of fools, you are gonna suffer harm. That's just a promise from God's word. Okay, all right. So here's the deal. 
Be with somebody. Walk with the wise. Become wise. Companion of fools suffers harm. Last quick thought here is Paul says, grow closer to Jesus by following Jesus. I know that's like elementary Christianity 101, but listen, if you want to grow closer to Jesus, just follow Jesus. You have to make that daily decision that Jesus is who I follow. Paul says, listen, you can, you can pattern your lives after mine. You can learn from people who are around you, um, but you also have to follow this example of Christ. Following is such an interesting buzzword in our culture, especially over the last like 15 years as social media has taken such a predominant role in our culture. That, that following is this buzzword, and, and, and it's, a, it's a trend. It's something that we do in our life. Everybody here follows somebody, and you say, I don't follow anybody. I, beat, you know, I, I march to the, the beat of my own drum. Listen, if there's somebody who you like read their blog, you follow somebody. We all follow somebody. That's the way it is. That's how life is. But here's the issue is that if we know that everybody is following somebody, it makes it extra important about who we're following. Because see, who we're following is the one throwing the rock into our river. And what we have done, whether we've meant to or not, is that we have allowed the wrong people to throw rocks into our river. And what's happening is those rocks are seeking deep into our hearts and it's creating this ripple effect of influence around us. That's not even who we're supposed to be. That's not who God designed us to be. And I'm just encouraging you today, if there is any other rock but Jesus being thrown into your lake, causing depth in your life, get the rock out of the river. That is not who you should follow. Listen, because here's the problem, is that every narcissist celebrity, every self-absorbed politician wants you to follow them, follow their ways, imitate them, be like them, act like them, think like them. They're all calling out to you, come and follow me. All of social media is the call, come and follow me. And I'm just telling you that if you're in a place where you know the policies of Biden better than the relationship of Jesus, that's a problem. If you're in a place where you're more concerned about Donald Trump than you are the kingdom of God, that's an issue, okay? I'm saying that in love, I I, I love you and you you can hit me later, that's fine. I, I don't care, but... But listen, there is one who is calling out to you today, come and follow me. It's the same call that he made on a Galilean hillside. It's the same call he made by the, the, the Sea of Galilee to fishermen in a fisher boat. Drop your nets and come and follow me. Drop whatever you think you need to hang on to and come and follow Jesus. It will be worth it. Go deep with Jesus because the direct beneficiary of you following Jesus is those people around you and they're craving for you to get closer to Jesus. They're craving for you to grow in your wisdom and your knowledge. Why? Because they're going to benefit. So it's a little bit selfish in that end, but in the other side, you get to be closer to Jesus. Come and follow me is the call of Jesus. And here's the deal. Who you follow will shape your future. Who you follow will shape your future. Who you follow will pattern your future. So how intense is this? Like, you know, how, how intense is it? Does it really matter? Like, Pastor P, don't you think you're going just a little too far? I, I don't know. Give me a second on this, okay? Because who we follow creates the ripples in our life. And Paul here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, as the band comes up, and we'll close with a song here in just a minute. Paul here in Philippians 3, 18 says this. Look at the intensity he speaks to us this morning. He says, I have told you this before. I have told you over and over and over again. He's saying, look, this is really, really important. This is the part where we lean in as a church. I've told you this often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. 
How critical is this? It's critical to the point that the apostle is shedding tears over this. Is that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. He's saying, look, what I'm talking about here really matters. He's saying for many people, there is a lot of width. There's a lot of ripples, but there's no depth. There's no roots. There's no splash. There's no rock. It's all mimic and no miracle. There's nothing but shallow water. And what's happening is the ripple effects of that are, are seeping out into the church globally. I'm not necessarily talking about here, but if you feel the conviction, that's between you and God. I'm just saying that there's people who will claim to be a follower of Jesus, who will say that Jesus is the rock in my river. He's the one causing the, the ripple effects in my life. But Paul's saying here, like, listen, you better double check that because you're going to be confused if you think it's anything other than Jesus that's going to give you life, that's going to give you health, that's going to give you vitality, that's going to give you influence. If it's anything other than Jesus, it's an idol and it's got to like go now. Get rid of it now. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Because the problem is here, let me just speak to the, the person here and online. If you're watching, listen, listen to me. I'm saying this with love. If you carry the label Christian, but you're mimicking the world, you're not doing any of us a favor. It's not helping. If you carry the label Christian, if you carry the name of Jesus, but you use the name of Jesus poorly, you use the name of Jesus to inflict pain, you use the name of Jesus to bring anything other than hope, healing, and help, you're not helping. It's not helping. And this is why Paul says, with tears in my eyes, there are many whose conduct proves by the way they're living their life. It's not even a secret. We can see it. By the way you're living your life, it shows that your walk is off. And I'm here to just kind of lovingly like kick you a little bit and say like, get back into relationship with Jesus. If you're like, ah, I can't figure out the world, don't figure out the world. Figure out Jesus. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Get closer to Jesus. Because listen, we all benefit when you get better. But we all take the hit when you miss it. We all benefit by, by you and I. We, we all benefit by each other getting better. As I grow, we will grow. But if I sink back, it hurts. It hurts. And I, and I know there's people in here, you don't even mean to cause pain. There's people watching online, you don't mean to cause pain to the body of Christ, but I'm saying like, look, intentionally make the decision that you're going to grow closer to Jesus. If you really care about Jesus, if you really care about your church, if you really care about your family, if you really care about your kids, if you really care about your grandkids, if you really care about the people who work for you, if you really care about the people who work with you, do yourself a favor, work on you, grow closer to Jesus. It will ripple out and benefit everybody else around you and you will be what Paul calls a living letter of the gospel of Jesus. Because when Paul wrote this, it was before the gospels were even circulated. So what did they have to go on? All they had to go on was the example of the apostles and their word about Jesus resurrected from the dead and this new life of incarnation that can come through you to you for the benefit of others. Grow closer to Jesus. It's the best decision you can possibly make. But the biggest enemy of that growth is going to be sin. See, sin is this virus that began with our great, 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 many great grandparents ago. Who chose to go against the spoken word of God. Who chose that they were smarter than God. I know none of us have ever felt like we were smarter than God. 
But sin is this virus that's born into our hearts that Jesus comes to eradicate. Sin, though, is this, is this interesting condition that affects the soul. It can't be Lysoled away. It can't be socially distanced away. It can't be locked down and forgotten about. Sin is there. And the only way to get rid of it is not by wiping it down, spraying it off, or covering it over, it is to be completely removed by Jesus. And that's a free gift. Jesus steps in and says, look, I will do what you cannot do for yourself. You cannot remove that pain. You cannot remove that sin. You cannot remove that problem. I have come to do that for you. In fact, he says, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. Would you stand with me this morning? So I just ask you this question before we sing and pray. I actually want to encourage you, if you can believe that. (laughs) I just want to encourage you. That thing in your life right now that the Holy Spirit is reminding you about that needs to grow. Okay, every, every single one of us have it. I'm not going to pretend there's not an area of my life like, hey, I've got it all figured out. I'm not going to do that. But that one area of your life, as we sing here in just a moment, just ask this question. If that area does not change, what ripple effect will it have on your family? If that one area of your life doesn't change, what ripple effect is that going to have on your kids? If that one area of your life isn't surrendered to Jesus, what ripple effect will it have on your business? If that one area of your life remains constant, but Jesus isn't your new constant, what will be the end result? On the flip side, if you allow Jesus to move at the center of your life and the Holy Spirit begins to work in your heart and move through you and help you and speak to you and lead you closer every day to Jesus, what kind of influence would that have? So mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, I dare you to follow Jesus today. I dare you to allow Jesus throw a big rock right into your life in this very moment. If you have never made a confession of faith in the Lord Jesus, I would just ask you, make that confession today. You say, Jesus, you are God, I am not. I have sin and I can't fix it, but you can. You can remove it. You can take it away to the point where I don't have to pay the penalty for that sin because the scripture teaches us there's a penalty for sin. But, but God comes and he took that penalty on himself on the cross and we don't have to carry it. He carried it on the cross. But if you've never made a confession of faith, it doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're gonna step into a place of perfection right now. When you make that confession of faith, it doesn't mean you have it all figured out. In fact, you're going to probably be super confused after that because this whole new life of living with Jesus is a wild ride. But right now in this moment, confess Jesus. Lord, in this moment, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, in the room and around the world, online, I just ask, Spirit of God, would you just show us what rock is at the center of our river? That, that point in our life, God, that we haven't maybe given over to you, maybe it's our entire life, <laughs> that you would remove that rock from our river and you would throw the rock of Jesus in there. And that the depth that we gain from following you, God, we know is gonna benefit other people. And maybe under the sound of my voice and around the world with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you say, look, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what to do. All I know is that I need Jesus. I don't even know how to put it into words. I just need Jesus. Call on the name of the Lord. The scripture teaches us that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on Jesus with the words you have. 
with what you can say, with what you can speak out. Just call on Jesus today. This morning we're going to sing. Just before we sing, if you would like to reach out to me, just shoot a text message, new to Jesus, to 55498. New to Jesus to 55498. That doesn't mean you have everything all figured out. It just means you're ready to begin a conversation about your new reality with Jesus. I would love to put some things in your hands to help you, to have a conversation with you, to encourage you that nothing is ever going to be the same again, and it is going to be good. How many of you, you know serving Jesus is like the best decision you ever made in your life, and you say thank you, Jesus, for it. So this morning, let's just call on the Lord. Let's just worship him for another moment or two, and thank him for all that he's done and thank him that he's the depth of our life and that the ripple effects are this is pastor nick Poole, the lead pastor at calvary we're so glad you joined us for today's podcast i hope you enjoyed the message at calvary church we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with jesus we would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what god is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.